0: What's going on, and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson. Hope everyone's doing well, staying safe and practicing social distancing and wearing a mask. Uh, we continue our player recap with a very special guest today as uh, we are recapping Josh Hart's first season with the New Orleans Pelicans. And there's no one better to talk to Jay Wright, two time national champion with the Villanova Wildcats, three time Final Four appearances. Of course, Josh Hart won a championship uh, with Coach Wright in 2016 coach how are you thanks for joining us today
1: glad to be with you guys how are you doing
0: we're, we're good coach and coach uh, the reason why we wanted to reach out to you is i noticed a couple of times that you were you tweet about a lot of your former players and josh hart was no different um this year what have you noticed how much are you able to watch guys like josh i know you're busy with your basketball schedule but how much are you able to watch your guys during the nba regular season
1: you know daniel door normally right if we're not in this pandemic during the regular season it's tough. Um, but, but once the playoffs hit that you, you can really lock in and, that, and that's what I usually do. but our whole staff always keeps up on our guys so every day when I come in they'll you know they'll hit me with you know Josh had 15 last night Josh hit a game win or something like that. so we always keep up on them that way but this summer with the bubble and, and, and us being home it's been awesome. Uh, I hate to say it, I know we're all struggling through a lot of things, and um, everybody is, but having the ability to be at home and and watch those games has been pretty cool. And then following Josh on Twitter with his golf game is almost as entertaining.
0: Absolutely. Between the wine, the video games, and the golf, Josh has definitely been a must-follow on Twitter. And one of the things that you mentioned with him – Um, on Twitter was his uh, relentless work ethic. And I think we've all seen it with Josh here as Jim and I get to watch practices a lot. We kind of saw that from the beginning, but was that something you saw from him when you were recruiting Josh and also what you saw in his Nova?
1: Yeah, his competitiveness was, was really elite right from the beginning. We, when we actually started recruiting him, we were looking at a different player on his team and Every time we would go, you would just notice, like, this kid, this kid Josh Hart, like, is, is not pretty, but gets every rebound. The reason they win is because of him. Now, the other guy we were uh, watching actually went up going to Indiana, but, you know, he was – he looked good. He looked pretty. Josh never did, but always was the reason they won the game. And, and, I, and I said to my assistant at the time, I said, we, that's, that's the guy we got to get. And um, when he got here, same thing. Um, his competitiveness was on another level, very comparable, comparable to Kyle Lowry. Um, now, both of them have grown up, but um, at the time when they were young, their competitiveness could get them in a little bit of trouble, too. They, 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 uh, they were always more interested in winning whatever drill we were doing or whatever competition more than maybe learning what the skill or the concept that we were trying to teach was.
2: Coach, you know, one thing that uh, people talk about as far as the NBA draft is there there are fewer and fewer guys that get picked in the first round or get picked at all that play four years in college. How important do you think it was for Josh as far as having that four-year career in terms of him being prepared to play in the NBA and be ready to contribute right away?
1: No, it's interesting, Jim, because I think as I look back on this, um, if we didn't win the national championship that year, I think he probably would have came out after his junior year. And, and the reason I say that is he put so much into that season in, in 16. And um, when he went to his workouts at the end, he was exhausted. And, and I remember some teams saying to me that, uh, you know, he looks like he's out of shape, you know, he, he looks um, a little sluggish or he didn't work that hard. And I remember th- I, I thinking like, all right, that must be a one-off, you know. Then I heard it a couple times and, um, I, you know, I didn't even think about it because he, he was so competitive all the time and worked so hard all the time. That never came to my mind, but as I looked ba- back on it, I realized like he was probably just exhausted, you know, and and didn't have anything. Um, so he didn't look great in his individual workouts after his junior year, but he was ready after his junior year. And so we benefited because he came back for another year. And um, in that final year, he, he really kind of put everything together. Um, and, and so I think it enabled him when he went into the NBA, not to go in as, you know, a rookie that, had to play in the G League for a while, had to get stronger. He was he was ready to play.
2: I think one of the things for people who watch the NBA and listen to the broadcast a lot, you you may have heard have heard this occasionally too, is people talk about Vill- Villanova players as being very well prepared for the NBA. I think that's something that we've heard about Josh Hart and some of the other players that have come into the league the last few years. I mean, how proud of, of that are you is just the fact that it just seems like that's been – a common theme over the last bunch of years where people talk about the way that Villanova players have been coached and the way that they're ready to play in the NBA.
1: We, we are really proud of that, Jim. And and I, I'd be lying. if You know, I said when, when I hear that, it, it, it you know, doesn't affect me at all. You know, when I hear it, I, I feel good for our guys. Uh, I feel good for our future guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just something it's just the guys that come here you know we don't get the one and done guys because we tell them in the beginning you know if if you know right now you know as a senior in high school if you know that you're going to be a lottery pick next year it's probably not the place to come because you know we want you to come here and grow we want people here that know they have to learn they have to get better they have to grow they have to mature they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And and there are some programs that probably do it better than us. If you're just, you know, going to be there for one year. And we we do talk to our guys on the court, obviously a lot, but off the court, a lot about, you know, what situations you're going to encounter in the NBA um, workouts, um, being a young player when you're playing with older players and, uh, being a complementary player even though here you're probably the star but doing all the little things so that when you go to the NBA if you're on a team with LeBron or Zion Williams you know you you have to be able to do the other things and that's what's going to make your career and also how you conduct yourself off the court is going to uh, you know as a man is going to determine whether an organization is going to want you for you know a second contract or a third contract so um, we do talk a lot about it and show them examples and try to teach them. So when, when it works out for guys, we're really happy for them.
2: Last thing that you you just led me into really the, the last thing I was going to ask you before I kick it back to Daniel. Um, the You've had a lot of guys as well that haven't been necessarily picked in the top five or the top 10 that have not only performed well in the NBA, but kind of really outperformed where they were drafted. I mean, how, how much of – of the intangible stuff and um, the off the court stuff, as far as like you just mentioned, carrying the way you carry yourself. How much do you think that that has helped as far as some of the success stories you've had, like Jalen Brunson, and some of these guys that weren't, you know, necessarily picked in the in the very top of the draft?
1: Well, we talk to them about that also, Jim, a lot. You know, we say to them that you know the the draft, especially the uh, early picks in the draft, are really um, based on potential, you know, you know, you, you, a lot of those younger guys or European guys are being picked to, um, invest in the possibility that they could be superstars, not, not just good NBA players, but superstars that you could build a program around. So I say to them, like, you know, you guys are here, you know, you're not, you're, you are not you you have not been told you're one and done you're here. So you're going to be one of those guys that's going to be mid-first round, late first round, second round, but you you got to beat out those potential guys, you know, and, and, and you've got to do all the little things and you've got to be a, a professional and you've got to be accountable and you've got to be responsible and you've got to be mature, you know, if you want to make it. And, um, and they, you know, they, they listen to that. They're smart guys. We get, we're lucky, we get smart guys. And um, I, I got to tell you this since we're talking about Josh, my favorite Josh Twitter story of recent is when he missed a game because he had a dental procedure. And <laughs> one of the things that was famous here is how, you know, we, we spent a lot of time with our guys teaching them how to eat healthy. We have a nutritionist and strength coach, and you know we tell them that's, that's going to carry you through your NBA career. And Josh used to hide Skittles all the time and sneak Skittles and really it's the only bad thing i could say about him like, he did everything he was supposed to do he ate healthy but he, those skittles everybody knew it so i saw on twitter he said it said he missed a game because of dental procedure and then Jalen brunson or eric Pasco—I forget which one of them tweeted back at him that's all those skittles i knew it was going to get you <laughs> and then he tweeted back yep and it's not going to stop me either because everybody's been on him about Skittles since he's been here, and then when we all saw that he, he missed because of a dental procedure, we we were dying laughing.
2: Maybe there's an endorsement deal somewhere in there for him. I know Marshawn Lynch had one, but maybe we can work <laughs> out with him and Skittles.
1: If if anybody could sell Skittles, it's him. He used <laughs> to have them hidden in his. Uh, he would have him hidden in his warm-up uh, jacket. He have him hidden in his locker. It, he knew we we hated him eating those things.
0: That's really funny. We're going to have to get on Josh Hart about that and, and talk, see how many Skittles he has now, what he's been up to during quarantine, that's for sure. Um, you know, something with Josh that I kind of noticed too, and you touched on it going back to his basketball playing, is his rebounding. I mean, this year a career-high six-and-a-half rebounds per game with New Orleans, and, you know, we, we talk about, you know, he's been known as a junkyard dog for us who have also been – Alvin Gentry and some of the other coaches have called him, you know, a utility player like in in, in baseball, you know, kind of that guy that can do everything. Um, is that something that you see as something that, you know, guys can make it long in this league doing the things like that? Like Josh Hart can have a really successful career doing all the, you know, the little things that, you know, not I mean, not scoring 25 points and, you know, grabbing 15 boards or having 10 assists per game, but being that guy that can do a little bit of everything, is that something that you – you see Josh Hart being someone that can do that in the future and, and be in the NBA for a lot of seasons?
1: Definitely, Daniel. And, and you know, we, we we spend a lot of time with our guys um, working on shooting. Like he, he was not a good shooter when he came in. and um, but, but he was a junkyard dog, you know, in high school, he, and he just dominated people. And we love that about him. And, and one of the things we talked to him about recruiting him is, that, look, we, we got to work on your, your jump shot because – you can't play in the NBA and be a junkyard, junkyard dog if you can't shoot because they just can't have you on the floor his ability to shoot the ball then allows him to be on the floor you know we just saw recently in the in the playoff game uh, with Oklahoma City and, and uh, Houston uh, I can't remember the guy's name but the defensive player that Oklahoma City played to guard harden yeah. they, they, Houston, yeah. yeah, Houston didn't even guard him, you know, and, he, so it, it, it may, and he's a junkyard dog, you know, but it's, it's hard to play. Where Josh can really shoot the ball, which in, uh, enables him to be on the floor, therefore, all that toughness, loose balls, rebounds, defensive plays, deflections, they all get to be um, accounted for because he's on the floor and can shoot the ball. And, and, and those guys are extremely valuable to any team. And there's not a lot of them out there. Mostly guys that can shoot, you know, the shooters, that, that's all they want to do. But Josh loves that. He was a great rebounder in high school. We can't take any credit for that. As I, like I said to you, we were going to watch another recruit, and the recruit we were watching was missing all the shots, and Josh was getting every offensive rebound. And I, I said, I want that guy.
0: Yeah, well, you you definitely uh, spotted the right guy, that's for sure, with Josh. We are certainly glad to have him in New Orleans. He's been great on and off the court with us. And it's been great kind of getting to know him through this podcast with you, Jay. I certainly appreciate the time. Um, Best of luck on the upcoming season. I know you're starting to get busy with students coming back to school. Um, We look forward to, you know, you keeping track of Josh and look forward to having you on potentially um, another time in the podcast. really appreciate it.
1: You got it, guys. Great talking to you. Thank you, Coach.
0: That's Villanova head coach Jay Wright with us here on the Pelicans podcast. Great stuff from him, you know, learning a little bit more about Josh from his college days. It was certainly fun. Um, And Jim, we kind of, you know, noticed some of the stuff that he said um, in his one year with the Pelicans. It's just nice to hear that a lot of that stuff, of course, came from not only college but high school. Um, We know now that the Skittles have gotten the best of him before. Um, All the the stuff and how competitive he is with Kyle Lowry, those are the kind of things that – uh, you know, we don't get to hear from, you know, unless someone like Jay Wright comes on the show. But it was very interesting hearing what he had to say and, and how he does such a good job of getting these guys into the NBA and getting them prepared to have long careers.
2: And I like the story about how he was recruiting a different player and, and kind of stumbled upon Josh Hart. It's funny how many times you hear that. You hear a story about a guy who, you know, wasn't even the focus of the recruiting trip, and he ends up emerging as the player that the coaches end up having their eye on. So it's kind of a good lesson. And and I know coaches talk about this with high school players that are that want to play in college and college players that want to play in the NBA. But you have to make sure that you're always on and you never know who's going to be watching you. So I thought that was a really uh, good story that I wasn't totally aware of as far as how Josh Hart initially got interest from Villanova.
0: Isn't that kind of how you joined the Pelicans is they really didn't have interest in you. They saw someone else's writing and then your writing just emerged as, you know, the leading candidate. Is (laughs) That's kind of how your story came about, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, never the first choice. I was pretty far down the list. I think it was the combination of they were looking at other writers and stumbled upon me and tried to hire, you know, numerous other people and they all said no. So they were like, all right, I guess we'll just bring in Jim, so. What a, what a what a beautiful story it ended up being.
0: Yeah, when I told them I can be here in a day, I think that was it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten the job. So <laughs> I was definitely last resort for them as well. But it's okay. We're here, Jim. And uh, these player recaps have been fun. We're going to have one more tomorrow. Um, we'll wrap up with each one more and Derek Favors, Uncle E and D Fave. And that'll be Will Guillory from The Athletic who joins us. We've had a lot of fun recapping the Pelican season. I know it wasn't you know, what we all expected as far as the outcome, but at the same time, it's been fun kind of recapping these players and knowing, you know, how the future looks for this Pelican scene with a lot of young guys. So, uh, Jim, I appreciate it. This was a fun one, and uh, we'll we'll do one more of these tomorrow. It it was a lot of fun. It was a very very eventful season. Like you
2: said, it didn't go exactly the way that anyone expected, and there were a lot of rough stretches. But, man, as a writer and I'm sure as a radio broadcaster – certainly was interesting and you can take that in every uh facet of the word interesting that you want to take it
0: i knew when we were doing a summer league game in vegas and an earthquake hit in the first game we should have probably seen that as a sign of things to come for this nba season but uh nonetheless we are here and and jim let's do one more of these tomorrow thanks man sounds good and don't forget just like all of you we at ckey can't wait until we're back in the stands cheering on our favorite teams and singing along to our favorite songs again we're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events the Big Easy, well, easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back, or better, if your event is canceled, guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Okay, one more of these player recaps tomorrow. Until then, for Jim and Jay Wright, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek.